Okay. We are beginning the portion of Mike Sunday. Yesterday, on Shabbos, we have the end of the story thus far of Joseph thrown into prison, which actually explains heard an interesting talk of the Rebbe on Friday where the Rebbe was explaining how could there even been a thought of Joseph to give in to the seducement of the master, his master's wife, but making a calculation that it was very clear if he didn't listen to her, she would have him killed, which of course, as we discussed, she tried to do. And judging himself as a Noahide at this point because the terror hadn't been given yet, and was he allowed to risk his life because just as you're not allowed to kill anyone else, you're not allowed to spill your own blood, he's sort of suicidal to not listen to her, and, and therefore he had all these different Jewish legal thoughts that maybe in this case, because his life was on the line and he was not yet being judged as a Jew, because there were no Jews yet, in this case, was it permissible to save his life? And there might have been a reasoning to say it was permissible. But as we discussed, he clung to that vision of his father and that pulled him out of making any calculations and he said, be as it may, even if it's my death, I have to sacrifice myself for God and, and rise higher than, than any of her threats, which he did, and, and God did save his life, and he was instead thrown into this prison where we said he rose to become in charge of the prison, and in this prison were two officers of Paro were sent there shortly after Joseph was. Uh, the head of the bakers, the head of the butlers. Both so everybody wants just to be focused on talking about Joseph, now they're talking about something else. And that ultimately, this was the next step in Joseph's salvation. Because a year after they were there, they each had a dream, which Joseph interpreted for them correctly, that in three days the baker was killed, and the butler was returned to his former position. And Joseph asked the butler to please remember him to Paro, that he was truly innocent and was here for absolutely no reason. And the butler did not do so. Now, it's two years later. So our verse says, it happened at the end of two years to the day. Paro was dreaming that, behold, he was standing over the canal. The Rashi explains, it happened at the end. Kate's here means the end. He's over the canal. Are we calling it a canal? This is a reference to the Nile. But the Nile did not have as a normal flowing river filled with rainwater because it didn't rain in Egypt. So there were many man-made canals drawn from the Nile. So the Nile would fill up these man-made canals and that is how the land was irrigated. And behold, so here it is, Paro is having a dream. And in Pharaoh's dream, behold, out of the canal, out of the Nile, there emerged seven cows of beautiful appearance and robust flesh, and they were grazing in the swamp. So Rashi explains these cows had beautiful appearance as a sign for the days of plenty that these cows represented when people look at each other with a good eye because everybody's in a good mood. Everyone has plenty. And Ba'ahu, Rashi, translates to in the marshland. 
Then behold, seven other cows emerged after them out of the canal, of poor appearance and gone flesh. And they stood next to the cows on the bank of the canal. The Raja translates, the Dakos Basar means very thin. So these next set of seven cows were very thin in contrast to the first set of very robust cows. And the cows of poor appearance and gone flesh ate the seven cows of beautiful appearance and robust and power awoke. So it says the cows, the ugly, thin cows, ate these robust cows, which is a sign that all the joy of the abundance is forgotten in the days of famine. Then Paro fell asleep again, and he dreamt a second time. And behold, seven ears of grain were sprouting in one stalk, healthy and good. Rashi translates from into French, one stalk, embryos, healthy. And behold, seven ears, thin and beaten by the east wind, were growing after them. Shadufos beaten, Rashi translates, I mean like banged. And Kadim, Rashi translates to mean the southeast wind. Then the thin ears swallowed up the seven healthy and full ears, and power awoke, and behold, a dream. Our translates Brios here, healthy. And he says it's a dream, a dream meaning an entire dream. He understood it wasn't two separate dreams. These two dreams he had, the dream of seven fat cows emerging and then being consumed by seven thin cows, and these seven ears on the stalk, healthy, beautiful ears emerging, and then followed by these seven thin, beaten ears swallowing up the seven healthy ears, he understood this was all one dream, one message. So now that he had this dream, he needed an interpreter. And it was in the morning, and his spirit was agitated. So he sent and summoned all of the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. Pharaoh related his dream to them, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. The spirit was agitated, his spirit was stirred up, it was shaking inside him. By Nebuchadnezzar, we have a similar concept that he has a dream, and the next morning he's really agitated. But there, a stronger word is used because he had two agitations. Nebuchadnezzar not only didn't know the interpretation, he also couldn't remember the dream. Therefore, I remember the dream, but he just didn't know the interpretation. So he had the Khartoumi, the magicians of Egypt. The Rashi says, what do we call them? Khartoumi. They're disturbing the bones of the dead because they would consult the bones to discern the future. So chartume, time, the root word here, means in the Aramaic language, bones. We find the Mishnah uses a house that is full of time, which means a house full of bones. So chartume, because these magicians would disturb, consult with the bones of the dead to know the future. But it didn't help them. There was no one who could interpret it for Pharaoh, meaning they interpreted it, but not for Paro. What they said didn't enter his ears. It didn't, he didn't accept what they said. For example, they said, oh, you're going to give birth to seven daughters, and then you're going to bury those seven daughters. So why didn't they accept this? So some say Rashi's point is it wasn't for Paro. That's a personal thing. I'll have seven daughters. I'll lose seven daughters. I understood this dream is, is for me in my real capacity. It's for Paro. So what you're saying doesn't work. Others say he didn't accept their interpretation because 
What does that have to do with cows and ears of stock? I mean, why, why is that representing daughters? When Joseph comes and he explains that the seven fat cows or the seven fat ears are seven years of hung, a plenty, and the seven thin cows and the seven thin ears are years of famine that will consume and swallow up the years of plenty, that made sense to him. Because the cow is the draft animal of Egypt, so that was used for agricultural labor. And the stalks are the grains that are being produced in the years of plenty and very poorly in the years of famine. So since Joseph's interpretation directly matched the items of the dream, he accepted, he resonated, he knew it was correct. Okay, so here we have a problem because the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, is very, very upset. And no one's helping him. So now the butler says, hmm, I think I'd better say something here. So then the butler spoke to Pharaoh. My transgression do I mention today? Pharaoh had become angry at his servants and placed me in the prison, in the house of the butcher, chamber of the butchers, me and the head of the bakers. And we dreamt a dream on the same night, I and he. Each in court to the interpretation of his dream did we dream. Which Rashi says means a dream that was fit for the interpretation that was interpreted for us. It resembled the interpretation. And there with us was a youth, a Hebrew, a slave of the chamberlain of the butchers, related it to him, and he interpreted our dreams for us, each in accordance with his dream did he interpret. So here's this person who was actually given a perfect interpretation by Joseph, and he was asked by Joseph to remember him to Pharaoh, and he conveniently forgot for two years, and only now remembers because Pharaoh's really upset, and it's not good for somebody who works for Pharaoh to have Pharaoh so upset. But even as he's mentioning Joseph, he mentions him in a very derogatory way. And Rashi says, cursed are the wicked, because even their goodness is not so good. So he's mentioning Joseph in very demeaning terms. He's a youth. He's foolish. He's not worthy for greatness. He's a Hebrew. He's not even familiar with our language. He's a slave. He can't rule. He can't even wear princely garments. But each in accordance with his dream, according to the dream and close to its contents, did he interpret it. And it was just as he interpreted for us, so did it happen. Me he restored to my post, and him he hanged. So we don't hear in the butler's words who restored to whose post, who got hanged. But obviously the he here is Pharaoh, who's restoring the butler to his post and hanging the baker. The verse doesn't have to say who the he is because it's obvious the person who had the power to restore me to my post. The person who has the power to kill the baker, and obviously that person is Pharaoh. And so it is, Rashi explains in all these abbreviated verses that use pronouns whose antecedent is not explicitly stated. It refers to the person who is fitting that could be this person. So it's being said in this vague fashion, he and not Pharaoh, because obviously in this situation it would not be respectful, but it's understood because he's the only one that could have done these things. So Pharaoh sent and summoned Joseph and they rushed him from the pit. He shaved his hair and changed his clothes and he came to Pharaoh. So the pit, this was the prison, but it's called the pit because it was made as like a hole in the ground. It says he shaved his hair out of respect for royalty. The person could question why do we have to say that he's shaved? And if he's rushed from the pit because Pharaoh is really upset and really wants interpretation, why do he delay by shaving? But Joseph shaved out of respect for the king. So the scripture is teaching us that we have to give honor to royalty. And in this case, it was more respectful to Pharaoh for him to shave and come appropriately groomed in front of Pharaoh 
and coming like this person who's been in a prison for over three years and probably doesn't look too good or smell too good or appear too good in front of the king. 